Welcome to the SUSA series of podcasts that shares questions and dives into all things personal development because learning never stops, especially after graduation. This series will share insights, ideas, and advice on shaping ourselves to prepare for a future of uncertainties. I'm Lai Kit Ying, a senior lecturer at SUSS. Now, imagine you are 10 years old again. You're making a food order and you're staring at the menu for what feels like the longest time. There are no pictures, only words and numbers printed on it. And you're feeling at a loss because you can neither understand any of the words you see, nor can you calculate how much the order is going to cost you. If you're listening to this story, Chances are it may sound ridiculous to most of us. But according to UNESCO and the World Bank, over 390 million children in the world are facing a learning crisis. These children failed to gain basic literacy and mathematical skills by the age of 10. The significance of literacy is huge and educators claim its importance begins right at the developmental years of children. So whether you are a parent or someone who loves to see how literacy can be applied to shape society, you'll be excited to hear from our guest today, Dr. Duria Aziz. An alumna of SUSS, Duria studied English language and literature and graduated as the valedictorian of a class before embarking on a journey to pursue her master's and doctorate. Today, Duria is Senior Vice President at Scholastic, the world's largest publisher and distributor of children's books and educational materials. Leading an international team, she develops software and products in reading and math for markets globally. Welcome to the show, Duria. So both of us studied very similar subjects in university. Can I invite you to share with us what inspired you to major in English language and literature? I've always loved reading and have been passionate about language, literature, writing. In fact, the stage for this was set all the way back in my childhood with the stories that my mom told me and my brothers at bedtime. That was an unbreakable routine. We love those stories so much so that I told those stories to my sons and now I tell them to my grandchildren. My home was always full of books. My mom was an avid reader. So was my dad. She used to buy books all the time. We had a wonderful bookshelf. When I came to Singapore, we had a big discussion about which books I should take. And there were so many that we both loved, but she lovingly parted with many of them. (laughs) So throughout school, I loved reading, writing, elocution, drama. I was editor of the school magazine. I was the editorial board of my college magazine. So publishing and or journalism was very much, you know, I was set That part was set for me, I think. I grew up in Mumbai and I was madly in love with my husband. I still am. I convinced my parents then that it didn't make sense for me to continue my studies. I convinced them that since Singapore did not recognize Indian qualifications at that point in time, I might as well marry my husband and continue my studies in Singapore because I'd had kids. So going back to college, to university full-time was not an option for me. But 10 years later, two kids later, it became possible when this program was offered. And so I embarked on this journey. 
and it was very critical because I was very set on a career in publishing. However, if you don't have a degree, you really don't get recognized as an editor. It was a minimum requirement. I remember in my first job in publishing, even though I had the same job scope as my colleagues, I was designated assistant editor. And when I inquired about it, I was told it was because I was not a graduate, whereas all of them were graduates. Ironically enough, less than six months later, I did graduate <laughs> as a valedictorian with a gold medal. It's been a great journey of learning, not just for me, but I think also for my sons. My younger son was in primary one when I started my degree program. When I finished my doctorate in 2010, he was in university. Time flies. I'm sure that there were challenges. Right now, it just seems like it was so worthwhile. I have memories of sitting with my sons at the dining table, them doing their homework, me doing my assignments, us discussing it. So <laughs> it's been a very, very interesting and fulfilling journey. This is great. I really like your story about how your mom has been reading to you and you have tried to carry on this practice with your children and your grandchildren. I also love reading and I find that I've been often lost in the world of stories. But I also recognize that not everyone enjoy reading or have the ability or even to develop the love for reading. So in your opinion then, how important is it for us to encourage more people, if not everyone, to learn to read and to learn to love to read? Well, literacy is not just a gateway to academic success. It is a means for preparing for the future. Because through literacy, children embrace the future. They are able to envision the future. They are able to create the future. And never has this been more critical. Without the ability to read, a child faces significant challenges in navigating the mid-21st century. Reading allows children to develop the skills they will need to do the work of tomorrow, work that we can't even envision today. It's a well-known and often quoted factoid that many of the jobs that kids will do five years later have not even been created today. But reading, therefore, can provide an ability to visualize what language means. It allows you to think critically, to envision the possibilities, to connect the dots that you hadn't thought about before. The child who has access to reading is a child who is better prepared to face the challenges of the future. It's also a well-known fact that literate people have well-developed minds. They have a better understanding of things. They are able to better handle finances, the everyday business of figuring out which healthcare plan to take, which insurance policy, which airline ticket should I buy? These basic things, if you are literate, if you have developed those basic literacy skills, you will feel more competent. You will feel more positive. This will make you a better citizen because you feel that you can be part of a better tomorrow and you have a role to play in it. So in your professional opinion, would you define literacy as such? That's an interesting question. It used to be that literacy meant the ability to read and write, but no more. Literacy is critical in helping us make sense of our world. We have to consider in today's context, what is it that literacy has to do? What is it that language has to do in order for us to live successful lives? So it's not just the ability to read a book. It's the ability 
to discern fact from fiction so today it encompasses financial literacy internet literacy all of these are important for us in order to live successful lives so the concept of fake news for example imagine if we were not critical readers and if we believed every whatsapp that we got so it's important that children develop these critical thinking and reading skills as well so therefore the definition of literacy encompasses the capability the competence and the willingness to use language to understand construct and communicate meaning in all aspects of life in order to live as social human beings from the moment a child is born their literacy journey begins children's literacy journeys are nurtured through their families and their communities i particularly liked how you point out that the journey to literacy actually starts from young and we know that scholastics publishes educational materials for children aged 1 to 13 and even mm. beyond could i invite you to share with us why there is so much focus on literacy at a young age well there's so much research on this the brain develops faster than at any other time between the ages of 0 and 3 Because of this it is important to foster literacy during the early stages of life. There's real opportunity in providing parents with books and encouragement to read to their children regularly, to sing with their children and engage their children in conversation, all of which prepares our next generation to be successful in school. We know for example that the brain of a toddler is two and a half times more active than that of an adult. Reading development starts before formal instruction with book sharing as one of the facets of a stimulating home literacy environment. Books provide a meaningful context for learning to read not only as a way of stimulating reading comprehension but also as a means of developing technical reading skills in early childhood. Increasingly, we understand that an early frequent exposure to print has benefits that last a lifetime including academic success and the prevention of reading challenges later in a child's life a deep engagement with books and repeated exposure to print has long lasting impact on academic success mm, that's great i think you've kind of pointed out that literacy and this exposure to print is something that kind of is a building block for a child's development mm. and when you push it out to the wider cohort you can actually prepare the generation for future challenges and of course it mm. enables society to thrive then in your experience which subjects should young children be exposed to and with the help of literacy will they be best able to master and, and achieve a kind of competency i think that children's brains are like sponges they can learn many things and anything it is important to expose them and to immerse them in rich learning experiences the human brain is not divided into subjects you don't have a math center in the head or a language center or a geography center these are all man made constructs i mean it's part and parcel of the mass education system of getting you know classes of 40 and above mm-hmm. to learn at the same time but the child's brain is an open canvas mm-hmm. and so it is important to immerse them in rich experiences mm-hmm. to explore these learning opportunities with them to discover the joys of learning of problem solving literacy and numeracy undoubtedly form the foundation of learning so for example if you take project work mm-hmm. the joke among parents is about you know who's done the best project because it's the parents who are having to do the projects for the children 
But unfortunately, in doing this, they are depriving their children of a very valuable opportunity to learn. Because the process of doing the project, of doing the research for the project, is the process of learning valuable skills mm. and of building that critical knowledge that they need mm. to go ahead. But because we think that the project has to be perfect so that the child will get a great grade, but that's not the purpose mm. of project work. And so this is something that as parents we should bear in mind. Mm. Also, the foundational thinking skills of classifying, categorizing, mm. comparing, contrasting. This is what we should be focusing on yes. in early childhood. Mm. And these are common to both reading and math. Confidence in reading, for mm. example, gives students confidence to do maths. And confidence in maths gives children the confidence to deal with the challenges and to solve problems in mm. life. It gives them agency. So we have to be clear about what is the purpose of learning? Is it just to pass exams, to get a grade? So that is a means to an end. That is not the end itself. An exam is a means of checking how much you have learned. In fact, I would go so forward as to say exams are a means of checking how well teachers have taught. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree with you. Picking on what you have said earlier, I think this is actually very interesting. You pointed out that because of this kind of obsession with how well you have done your exam grades, your final mm. assessment grades, parents take over some of the process of learning and the process of understanding the nature of the task. And you are still advocating for children to actually embrace the process of learning. And of course, with literacy, understanding numbers and everything at the same time. How would you propose that we can maybe use some of the literatures that we have out there? How would they help to encourage teachers and parents and students to immerse themselves in this process of learning? Well, how much time do we have? I can <laughs> go on and on. <laughs> so young children, for example, who are read aloud to at home and have access to books, have the best chance of becoming uh, successful readers. So at Scholastic, we are very mission driven. We are very focused that our job is to help children around the world to read and learn. As part of our work, we conduct kids and family reading report every two years. And the findings of this report inform the work that we do. So for example, according to one of the kids and family reading reports, having parents who serve as reading role models or with many books in the home has a greater impact on kids' reading frequency than household income. So it's not so important how affluent the household is. It's more important how many books the child has access to. And the great thing is, particularly here in Singapore, we have so much access to books. Look at the libraries. When I first visited the National Library and I realized that you could borrow seven books at a time. Yes. At that time, you could borrow seven books on a single card. We still had those physical cards. I thought I was in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like amazing to be able to borrow seven books. And I would actually even, I took over my husband's cards, my sister-in-law's cards, and I would borrow books on their name. So we are very fortunate in Singapore that children actually have so many opportunities to have a literacy-rich environment. And likewise, adults too. There's nothing stopping us from getting the latest in whether it is in fiction or non-fiction, mm. business, self-help. All of that is available in our wonderfully stocked mm. libraries and I'm sure also in the university libraries. Mm -mm. 
Thank you. So let's go back a bit to the idea of literacy again. Mm. How would you describe the way literacy affects a person's social development? Because just now I think you mentioned it a little about how literacy can prepare the new generation mm. for the future challenges. Would you elaborate how it could equip them for life? So I'd like to quote Professor Rudine Sims Bishop, mm. who discusses the importance of providing all young readers with diverse books. Mm. Because books, she says, function as windows, mirrors and sliding doors mm. to emphasize the need for all children to experience diverse stories through the characters and real life people that they meet in books. Books serve as mirrors when children are able to see themselves in the stories that they read. They can see aspects of their own experiences and culture. So they feel important. They mm. feel that they are a part of the world. Books function as windows when children are able to experience worlds that are different, cultures and people that are different to them. Mm. This builds an understanding and empathy. Books function as sliding doors when children and people are able to participate, go beyond their own understanding of the world to embrace mm. a different understanding of the world. So stories in this way can go a long way to build perseverance, mm. resilience, motivation mm. and self-belief. All of these are vital ingredients for creativity and problem solving for two reasons. Stories offer role models and examples mm -hmm. for the reader to emulate, aspire to and reveal the potential and possibilities. Also, in presenting problem-solving situations, so essentially a story will have a problem and a solution. Stories present safe opportunities mm. for children to understand and practice problem-solving by considering the solutions presented and thinking mm. about alternative solutions. So, every child should find himself or herself in the pages of a book. This may be in the role of the self or it could be an empathetic other or an active supporter of a character. Mm. Every child should learn to see the characters in a book, diverse books and themselves as members of a common humanity. So it's not only about seeing the differences in a character from themselves, but also seeing the commonality mm. that, yeah, both of us face these same problems. And sure, this child may look different from me, but at the end of the day, we are both children. We are both loved by our parents. We both have a family that cares for us. I particularly like your point about how stories are not just mirrors and also windows to other worlds. It helps the child to actually build a sort of confidence when they see themselves being represented or their struggles being represented as well. So this is something that I think is a topic of discussion lately where there's so much emphasis on maybe mathematics, science with coding. You've been listening to the SUSS series of podcasts. The next part of this episode will be available at suss.edu.sg slash podcast. Stay tuned. <laughs>